Uh, that said, uh, I am uh, very humbled to do the confirmation for our deacons uh, this year. It's, it's been a few years since we have had this kind of service. Uh, honestly, I can't remember the last time we did it. I, I think it was three or four years ago. Um, that said, will, will those who are uh, deacons and have been confirmed or affirmed by the congregation this year, uh, will you please stand and face the congregation? I want to introduce each of these deacons. Uh, first, the one who's missing, Tommy McElhaney. Uh, Tommy is a sick and shut-in at this point in time, uh, but please do continue to keep our brother, <clears throat> Deacon Tommy, in prayer. Um, to my right, we have Dave Larkin serving his second year as a, uh, as a deacon here at Green Run. I'm going to skip over Brother Carlos. Ken Bradby, who's been a deacon for many years here at Green Run. Maureen. Yep. Kimbrough. There we go. She's only been here a minute. Uh, Maureen Kimbrough. <laughs> Uh, been here uh, and serving as a deacon faithfully for uh, some time, as well as uh, Brother Andrew. And why can't I remember anybody's last name today? Baskerville. All right, it's going to be that kind of day. We'll go with it. Um, so these are your deacons who have served for uh, many years faithfully. So we're thankful to God for them. We're also thankful to the Lord this year uh, that we were able to add Brother Carlos Rivera, check that box for me right there. Um, Carlos Rivera, uh, to our deacons. Uh, Carlos has been coming to Green Run for some time, and uh, this year we were blessed to be able to uh, nominate him for deacon and for you as a congregation to affirm or confirm him as a deacon. Uh, so from the articles, uh, Article 5, Section 2 of the bylaws, Deacons shall advise and be ready to assist the elders in any service that shall support and promote the ministry of the word, new and existing ministries of the church, and the care for the members of the congregation. And so scripture says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 4 through 7. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let, your let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. And so here at Green Run, the deacon is an administrative role, and that's just a separate role from the elders. But the deacon is to do two things, to free up the elders so that they can shepherd and pray for the flock and preach and teach to the flock, but also, and this is key, ensure that the practical needs of the church are met. And notice I didn't say meet all the practical needs of the church. It's not these five and six uh, men and women who are responsible to do all the things for the church. And so it is their duty to make sure that they are met, but it doesn't mean they're doing it all. So please um, be a servant to the church as well and help these deacons. So as you are facing the congregation, I will ask you a series of questions, and these are promises. 
before the Lord our God. And so as I ask these questions, I would ask that you please respond with your pledge saying, I do. Do you affirm your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you commit to faithfully oversee and perform the task that you are being set apart to accomplish for the growth of this congregation and for the advancement of the gospel to the world? Do you sincerely affirm and support the confession of faith, the Green Run Baptist Church member covenant, and council of elders? And do you further pledge that if at any time you find yourself out of accord with any of these beliefs or practices, you will, on your own initiative, make known to the council the changes which have taken place in your views since the assumption of these vows? Do you promise by God's grace to strive to continue to live out the principles of the Christian life as summarized in our membership covenant and to endeavor by the aid of his spirit to adorn your life with the gospel, delighting in Christ above all. Do you affirm the Bible to be God's inerrant word and do you commit yourself to grow in your understanding of biblical truth and of our church's confession of faith, which is itself a summary of those biblical beliefs? that we hold to be most foundational to the Christian faith? And do you commit yourself by God's grace to faithfully pray, comfort, and care for this congregation? And do you promise to strive for purity, peace, unity, and progress of this church for the glory of God and the joy of its members? So I'm going to ask now for the elders to come up and to gather around. Uh, The deacons, lay hands on them as we pray. Let's pray. A great Father Almighty, you are hallowed, Lord. Let your name be great. You're holy, righteous, just. You've set apart these servants to perform the work of your ministry here at Green Run. Uh, Each of these, we humbly, confidently pray, would be prepared to serve with a glad heart, ready to ensure that the needs of your church are met. Father, we're thankful for the gift of these men and women who will trust upon your spirit to equip them with the gifts necessary to perform this work. We beg you, Father, lavish them with grace, overflow their cups with mercy, adorn them in the light of Christ so that they may be satisfied in all that he is for us. May their fruit bring about your gospel in such a way within Green Run that your purpose is accomplished. And as we learned last week, that means successfully completed, Father. We thank you that these servants will endure for this difficult season is grueling here at Green Run. Let them run with confidence that you will carry them as they lift up their brothers and sisters, and may they honor your name and ensure that no man would defame you because of their outward service to you. Fix their eyes on the prize that they would walk in obedience to the Spirit as they perform their duties. And Father, we ask that you bless each one of these men and women, placing in their hearts a desire to please you in all they do. Keep them fixed on your word. Let them, through your spirit, have integrity and bear the fruit 
that builds your kingdom. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And now if you are so able, would you please stand as we continue singing, keeping the ear of the cross.
When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, or John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Our Father, during these moments we have today to install these deacons and elders reaffirming their commitment to you and their calling to serve, be present with us, otherwise all is vain. May your Holy Spirit Give utterance to me, give the hearing ear to your people. And Father, especially we pray for these officers of the church, that they may have ears to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. I've been asked this morning to deliver the charge to the elders, and since I'm the... uh, I've served longer as an elder than anybody here. Uh, I guess my longevity is the reason I've been asked to do it, and I'm honored and happy to do it. Uh, It's been a good run. Um, He that desires the office of a bishop or same as elder desires a good work. I paraphrase that. He that desires the office of an elder desires a good workout. (laughs) Because the honor is uh, short-lived of being a leader of God's flock. And the work and the labor and the agony is uh, endured. The The special dangers that elders face. Satan loves to target the leaders of the assembly, the leaders of the church for special uh, harassment and treatment. If he can't target them, he targets their families. So it's a, it's a calling that is sacred and wonderful. At the same time, it's not to be entered into lightly, but soberly, like marriage. I'd like to read first, uh, rather than any words I could come up with, I'd like to read Peter's charge. In 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 4, if you have your Bible, please turn to 1 Peter 5, and I'll read the first four verses of inspired words, not my words, but inspired words by the Holy Spirit. The elders which are among you, that's presbyteros or a presbyter, that's where the Presbyterians get their name, elder-led But, of course, they're not the only elder-led churches. But the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, 
not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, that is money, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples or examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you will receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Wonderful, wonderful words. I'd like to say a word about the inspired charger of these words to elders, Simon Peter. He identifies himself, I'm also an elder. Isn't it interesting that the first pope, if you're Roman Catholic, says, I'm an elder like you. I'm not over you. In fact, Paul says, when we went to Jerusalem, we came to James, Cephas, and John, James, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars. Received the grace that was given to me, that gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles while they ministered to the Jews. So if Peter was the first pope, he sure didn't know it. Nor was he infallible, as we read the story of his life. Not only before he, before Christ's crucifixion, when he denied him three times, but even later when Paul had to rebuke him to his face in Galatians chapter 1. And when I saw that Peter did not walk uprightly, I withstood him to his face, right in front of everybody. So Peter was certainly not infallible. He certainly was not the leader of the church. In fact, James was the primary leader of the church at Jerusalem, not Peter. That's not to minimize Simon Peter. We certainly don't want to minimize his sacred role. He was a godly, godly man. We thank God for him. He truly was a pillar. God made him a pillar in the church, a stone, a rock. He says, I am like you, an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. You're not, but I was. I saw his suffering in Gethsemane. I watched his trial from a distance, but I watched it, and I I knew, I watched him suffer. And like you, I'm a partaker of the glory. I'm also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Not a special place in glory, but like you, we're going to be a part of that glory which shall be revealed. So that's who the divine charger is, the Holy Spirit ultimately, but through Simon Peter showing us that God does not choose perfect people, nor does he expect perfection from his people. But there had better be sincerity. It's a dangerous thing to step out into the front lines of battle and not know what you're facing, what your resources are, what the dangers are, and as we shall see shortly, what the rewards are. There are three areas of a shepherd, gentlemen. Like a a shepherd of a flock of sheep, notice he says, feed the flock of God. They're not your flock. 
No believer exists for you. They're God's flock. Remember David said, I kept my father's sheep. Those which you gave me, Father, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition. He was never one of your sheep anyway. I have kept them in your name. They're your sheep. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Feed the flock of God. So the primary duties of a shepherd are threefold, and I'll be brief. is to feed, lead, and protect, just like any shepherd of sheep. Feed the flock of God, which is among you. Peter, do you love me? As we read, feed my sheep. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ezekiel 34. The shepherds of Israel, God gave them this exalted position, but they, like their ancestor, Eli, they fed themselves, not the flock. And it is many who call themselves preachers and elders fleece the flock. They fleece the sheep and eat the meat, clothe themselves with the finest of the wool, but you have not gathered those that are scattered abroad. You haven't cared. So I myself will come, the good shepherd, and give my life for the sheep. I truly care for the sheep. Feed the flock of God which is among you. That means it's not what turns you on when you study that you have to preach. It's what they need to hear. And sometimes you get tired. I've been a preacher now for many, many years. Sometimes you get tired of hearing yourself preach. But that doesn't mean people out there are tired of it. That doesn't mean they don't need to hear it. You can become so familiar and so full of Bible study that you forget the flock can't handle all that stuff. Paul said, I have fed you with milk and not meat because you couldn't bear it. And how do I know that? Because there's among you divisions and strife, sectarianism and fighting amongst yourselves. So I couldn't give you, I couldn't take you on to the next level, to the deeper things. I have to keep giving you milk. Peter says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You know how many gallons of milk it takes to make a pound of baby? Hannah? Cannon? At least a railroad tank car full. Because 99% of it goes right through them. You spend half your time putting it in and the other half changing diapers. When you start reading Genesis 1 and start reading through the Old Testament, 99% of it's going to go right through you. You don't get it. Keep reading. Keep sucking on that bottle. The second time you read through a little bit more, sticks. You've heard some sermons. Third time you read through a little bit more. And first thing you know, you start growing teeth and you start needing a little pablum. The first thing you know, you're going to need meat. That's the way God has ordained it. Feed my sheep. So by definition, an elder is a spiritual dietitian. 
You have to study your congregation. That means you have to know them and listen to them. What kind of feedback? And a guy that was a mechanic one time, he said he, a good mechanic can put his hand over the tailpipe of a car while you're, the car is running and look at his gloves or feel his fingers and know what's going on inside the engine. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Listen to people and you can find out what they don't know. And you tailor make your sermon to, to meet the needs of the flock. I'm all kind of amens down here. If you notice, I'm looking at the front row because that's the nature of my <laughs> preaching this morning. You know these things. But it's good to be reminded, is it not? Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Paul said to the Ephesian elders, the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. So you're not lords over the flock. You're not little tyrants or kings. Some churches, I get amazed at the, at the chairs they put for their leaders behind the pulpit. Look like thrones. And they get up here with all these great grandiose little popes. And they have special parking places marked off for them. And, you know, you have to bow down almost when they walk in. This is so contrary, so contrary to the eldership of the New Testament church. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Your, your authority and your power all spring from what you are, what you practice. People follow you as you follow Christ. Even Paul said that, follow me as I follow Christ and no further. If you see me deviate, you take a detour and stay with Christ. Not by constraint, not because people pressure you into doing it and shame you if you don't do it and just keep harassing you. But do it because you love God and you love his people and you want to be all you can be for God. God thought of that long time before the army did. Remember, be all you can be. What child of God doesn't want to be all you can be for God? He that desires the office of a bishop desireth a good work. It's not, not wrong to desire to be all you can be for God. But God hasn't equipped everybody to do it. Some he has. Feed the flock of God over the which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers. Not for money. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The, there are people, some of the TV people especially, who are raking in millions of dollars and flying around in jet airplanes, professing themselves to be elders and leaders of Christ's church. There will be a special place in hell for people like that who make merchandise of God's people. And do not feed the flock. It's not so much mentioned here, so it's feed and lead. By the way, as, a, as an elder, you're not to follow the flock around and see which way the wind's blowing and then cater your service to them. You're to lead the flock. The church is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. <laughs> the church is ruled by God through 
his elders. The, the sheep are to follow them as they follow Christ. Sometimes the flock is wrong. You should know things the flock does not know. And you should say to people, look, here's the word, you're wrong, we're going this way. And if your life measures up to that and does not contradict that, the flock should be willing to say, well, I don't quite understand that, but I'll follow. Taking the oversight thereof, Hebrews talks about those that watch for your soul, overseers, that watch for your souls as they that must give an account. So a sobering note for elders is that we have to give an account to God one day for for our service. Now that, by definition, is going to put you on your knees. Oh, God. Sheep are nasty things sometimes. They wander all over the place. By the way, uh, on, that brings me to my third point is protecting. Most pastors say, well, we lost a couple, so no big deal. Well, we lost a couple sheep. My father's got, he doesn't even know how many sheep he has. They've been multiplying lately. I'm not going to go face a lion and a bear for that little lamb. But David said, I did. And God said, I found David a man after my own heart to put over my people. A man after my own heart who really cares for the sheep. David risked his life for the sheep. Jesus gave his life for the sheep. Isn't that that an amazing thing? Which brings us to another point. Jesus, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. He, through the eternal spirit, if the Son of God on earth had to have the help of the Holy Spirit, do you think we can do it on our own? Can we shepherd God's flock without the Holy Spirit? No, we cannot, so that drives us to prayer. That's why you need to pray for your elders, because they're only men and they're subject to frailties. But they've taken on this monumental task and they depend on the Holy Spirit and by your prayers, God will sustain them in their task. Now with all this trouble, why in the world would anybody want to go through that? Verse 4, when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory. That does not fade away. I was watching the movie Patton. I'm an old war, uh, war buff. And he was saying when he was coming back in this victory parade that when the Roman legions would go out and conquer and come back to uh, Rome, there was a slave that would come behind him and say, but in the ears of this No big deal. I mean, it was a wonderful thing then, but it faded. Their glory fades. That runner that ran so fast, for five minutes, he's the talk of the world. But five years from now, someone's already beat him and everybody's forgotten him. All human glory is fading. But elders, this glory does not fade away. Not in time, not in eternity. It is worth 
the struggle. Mm. If I had to do all over again, I'd do it again, but I'd sure try to do it better. There's no greater calling on earth than to be a servant, an elder, a presbyter in the church of the living God. And they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright and there is no unrighteousness in him. Don't you love that? Psalm 92. That's my life verse these days. It is worth it all when the Lord on that day gives you a crown of glory. Well done, servant. Oversight, Jesus, when he, when he passes out his eternal reward. Uh, <laughs> give him your name and what, what is your life work. And go right down the... And how long have you been an elder? Uh, Tom Butler, and I've been an elder here probably... Yeah, I... Go ahead, Keith. What do you mean by life's work? <laughs> well, for a living. What do you do for a living? Yeah. I'm Keith Lowe. Um, I've been over here at Greenbaum. Steve has been appointed the chairman of the elders now. David uh, Roth recommended him, and 
did not want to be chairman himself, so Steve is doing a great job, and we appreciate him. thank God for these men. All right, here are the questions, gentlemen, if you would please uh, answer in the affirmative uh, loudly enough for folks to hear. Have you by faith received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord? Do you accept the inspired scriptures of the Old and New Testaments as the ultimate authority over your personal life, over your family structure and practices, and over the doctrine, life, and practices of the church of the living God? You believe that the Lord has gifted, qualified, and called you to become an elder, a presbyter, a servant leader to this congregation? In concert with your fellow elders and supported by the church's deacons, do you vow to prayerfully help, feed, lead, and protect the flock of God known as Green Run Baptist Church, as we seek to fulfill the Lord's great commission. Then according to your positive responses, we joyfully commission or confirm each of you to the eldership of Green Run Baptist Church, and may the triune God bless and empower you to fulfill these sacred vows. At this time, let us uh, pray, and Dave and Moses. <laughs> 